Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 212 and we're talking about travel scams, cons and unsavory characters. Yes, and thinking of unsavory, we've both got colds at the moment, so if we squeak a little bit during the podcast, uh, our sincere apologies. Yeah, at the moment we're in Sao Paulo, Brazil, which we've found, well, we've had a really good time here. We've been here for three and a half, four days. And um, it's been really good. It's a huge city. It's kind of oh, overwhelmingly wow, yeah. large. Craig got really stressed the other day. He's like, I just, I just, I just don't understand. <laughs> I <quite> mean, funny. <laughs> as far as we can see from the 17th story of this apartment block is skyscrapers pretty city. much everywhere. And the thing is, if you go out to where those skyscrapers are and go up one of them, that's all you can see from there as well. Yeah, and we're nowhere it's, near the centre of the city. We're yeah. way out on the edge of the yeah. um, of the metro line. Yeah, we've got a typical tourist map, I guess, with like a highlighted, this is the inner city. Yeah. And then about that again three times on each side of it, you know, to, to make up the rectangle. And then we're about that far again off of the map. It's a really And as far city. as we can see in this city, it's absolutely crazy. But it's been, uh, apart from being sick, it's been really cool being here. Yeah, we, um, we started the week in Rio de Janeiro. We were couch surfing and we went up to the, uh, the Statue of Christ the Redeemer, which was really awesome. And we had a good time with our couch surfing hosts. And then we caught the bus down here. It was about six hours had one of those long transit days where you walk for an hour, you wait for the bus, you get on the bus, you get on the metro, you get lost on the metro, you get off the metro, you walk for half an hour, then you arrive, and you go, ah. <laughs> and we arrived here and it was really brilliant. We are staying with a couple called Norma and Marcondes, and Norma had prepared a little basket of like alpha horos and chocolates on the bed, and it was, it was like, oh, feel the love. <laughs> so lovely. It was really nice. They're really cool. Well, nominations are open for the 7th Annual uh, Podcast Awards, and we've never competed for these awards before but we thought we'd give it a go this year so we really hope that you'll support us um at the moment what we'd like you to do is visit podcastawards.com and then uh what you get is a form with a whole lot of different categories and you can put in the name of the podcast and the url of the podcast so in the travel section which is down on the bottom right um put in indie travel podcast and indietravelpodcast.com and uh fill in your, your details and hit submit there's no extra sign-up or anything like that. So, um, yeah, please do that. that. It'll take about 30 seconds at podcastawards.com and uh, we'll have a a link on indietravelpodcast.com as well if you want to come by our site, then then bounce out and do that. But it would make a a really big difference for us if we can get nominated and then in uh, that's in September so if you're listening to it the week we put out the show uh, otherwise in October this year uh, it's 2011 right now for people listening to the archives <laughs> um, we will uh, be asking you to vote for us um, after the nominations are closed that'll be through October yes yeah, so the nominations go until September 30th so if you're listening to us before September 30th or on September 30th please go and do that now <laughs> right now really, right, now. right now that would be really good <laughs> uh, what else is happening well we've updated the uh, the flights page at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights with a, a new way to search instead of just uh, bouncing you out to a, a little search box now we've got a, an interactive map where you can click on the places you're That's starting so cool. from and want to go for and uh, yeah just begin your search there so please go to indietravelpodcast.com slash flights have a play around and uh, email us your feedback or you can let us know on Facebook or Twitter as well yep and the hostels page has also been updated with our own search tool so make sure you visit indietravelpodcast.com slash 
hostels and slash flights if you're doing the flights thing. And uh, let us know what you think. Wow, this week we're talking about uh, some of the the less happy things about travel. Talking about travel scams, cons. So what we're going to do is break it down into four parts. Um, Distraction scams, con artists, uh, talk about crossing borders, and then also about virtual kidnapping, which which you might not have heard of. But to begin with, we want to stress that travel is generally very safe. It's safe. It's just not as as dangerous as a lot of people think. Um, it's really not that much more unsafe than staying at home. Uh, a lot of people we've talked to have travelled for ages and not had any problems, but they've all been had problems back home. So don't be worried about going, but if you can just be a little bit more prepared, then, you know, fewer bad things will happen to you. I think that most people are generally friendly. They want the same things that you want Mm -hmm. they want you know tomorrow to be better than today and they want to have a good time and meet interesting people from around the world um but what you have to do is learn to to finally tune your bullshit filter um because you want to be able to take advantage of new opportunities and 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 go with the flow and go and do things but you also don't want to be taken for a ride in a more metaphorical sense yeah and as new zealanders it's quite terrible for us because we are really, really trusting people. I've talked to a lot of tourists who've come to New Zealand and, you know, that everyone's had an experience where they looked a little bit lost and a Kiwi came up and said, oh, can I help you? You know, including one of my students. Someone came up and said, can I help you? And they said, oh, I need to get to this place. And they're like, oh, you're nowhere near that. Let me call my husband and we'll, we'll drive you there. And they fully did. They just got in the car and drove them there. And it's perfectly safe to do that in New Zealand. Well, I don't know. Well, it's, <laughs> well, it's, it's a problem. <laughs> It's more safe than some other places. Yeah. But once again, you've got to to you've balance got to things and, and make your own value judgment on on what's happening there. Exactly. So I think one of the best ways to improve your ability to judge this kind of thing is to read up and listen to stories of other scams. So you get to learn the the kind of the MO, the modus operandi of what's happening and you can often recognize those themes or sometimes the exact script yeah exactly um because con artists all have scripts they're not they're acting they're not making things up as they go they've they've got a kind of a a sales funnel if you will for sure to to get you earn your trust and then get you through kind of each stage of trust until they get your money and then they've got an exit plan so by hopefully in this podcast um we'll be able to tell you a few of them and, and maybe help you stay out of uh, stay out of some problems. Yeah, we, we have been ripped off once before and when we told people about what had happened, they were like, oh yeah, yeah, we've heard about that one. It was in Romania and we showed up at a hostel. Actually, the hostel had a really long page about scams and I'd read it really, really carefully. So I knew one scam to avoid, but we got caught into another one. So we showed up and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, that one's happening too. And we're like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's absolutely insane. So because of this, actually, um, we're working on a book right now with Craig Bidois. We've interviewed him a few times on the podcast, uh, security expert down in New Zealand. And uh, this book's going to be called Travel Safely or Travel Safety. Not quite sure yet. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that'll be coming out before the end of the year. And we'll be covering this and all sorts of other things um, from, yeah, from con artists on the street to choosing a safe hotel room to... I don't know, surviving mortar attacks. It's it's going to be pretty comprehensive. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let's first talk about the distraction scams. So those times when someone distracts you while another person robs you. And I think that's probably the most common type of scam we've heard about in in South America. We've been talking... This week, we've talked about lots of 
peop, um, lots of scams and um, when we were in Rio de Janeiro we had a girl she was telling us about how she got robbed and it was one of these scams so one of the biggest ones we've heard of is the oil and mayonnaise on bags so you're walking down the street you've got your backpack on your back and someone squirts oil or mayonnaise on your shoulder or somewhere on your person normally on your backpack on your backpack would be, yeah because yeah. what they then ask you to do is no no it's just someone yeah one person okay. and then another person comes up to you and goes excuse me uh, you've got something on your bag you take off your bag and maybe you put down your small bag and someone takes off with it well the the really nicely dressed helpful person is helping you clean up your bag yeah so um if somebody's squirting things at you just keep walking yeah. and that'll get you out of the danger zone that's the trick don't don't stop don't get aggressive towards them just just keep going keep moving yeah keep moving get to a safe public place with lots of people around um and then deal with it this exact thing happened to our friends Ange and janine while we were in the players we were traveling with them so there were four of us together craig and i had walked ahead and they were walking together and they're both blonde so they were quite visible targets in La Paz Paz. (laughs) blonde with their big backpacks walking into a bus station so bus stations are a very very um, I suppose it's a high risk area so you need to be more aware you've got all your stuff with you and there's mostly tourists so they were walking into the bus station someone squirted ketchup on them and another really nicely dressed guy came up to to talk to them and they'd heard about the scam so they just kept walking and they caught up with us and they're like oh you know and it was quite a stressful experience, but luckily nothing got taken, nothing got... Um, they didn't have any problems because they knew about the scam and they just kept going. So another one we heard about in La Paz is a um, solo girl was in a station and she got invited to go and see a, I guess, a, a temple or a shrine of sorts when she went in with, with two guys who were telling her all about the the culture and the history of, of this idol and what it meant and, and the religious significance. Mm. So it was on a, on a small table and there was kind of a, a shrine with a, an, an idol on it, a statue, which was hung with scarves. So they were telling her about the scarves and she was looking and, and talking with them. And, um, you know, she was a, the typical backpacker kangaroo. She had a big backpack on her back mm-hmm. and a smaller one with her camera, her laptop, her passport, all her valuables held in front of her. Um, what happened is one of the guys tucked a scarf inside the harness of her big backpack. So as she turned around to leave, she pulled down the entire idol, which then broke on the floor. Yeah, it was just a fake one. So, it wasn't anything of any value at all. No, no, but this nasty, is yeah. this is the game. Yeah. Right, so she was obviously shocked, and the guys made appropriately shocked noises. And she put down her big backpack and put down her little backpack, and was helping them try to kind of tidy things up. When she looked around again, her small backpack with all her valuables had disappeared, along with one of the guys. So um, yeah, once again, a, d- a distraction, looking for a way to get your bag off you onto the ground, yeah. and then the next time you look, it's gone. That's similar to one we heard recently where there was um, a table with some things on it and uh, someone suggested you go and look at something, just put your bag down here, but it actually wasn't a table, it was just kind of a box with a scarf over the top so it was empty, it wasn't actually solid underneath. Ah. And so the, um, the table had a scarf covering it and some other things on the scarf, so when you put your bag on it, all of the things fall off, you get distracted, you're like, ah, and they take off with your bag. Uh-huh. It's a very similar that one. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. similar, very similar. Um... I mean, there's easier ones, of course. People asking for the time or asking for 
a light while you get pickpocketed or, you know, just getting you into conversation. So whenever you're in conversation on the street, be very aware of where you're keeping your valuables. And if you do have a a jacket or uh, trouser pockets that have zips, um, yeah, definitely use them. We quite often, if we're going to be walking around an area we know is a pickpocket area, like a market or we've been warned about a neighbourhood, uh, we often wear our hiking trousers, which have zip pockets, and then we can put wallets, phones, cameras within the zipped area. Yeah. And then it's, I mean, you could still get mugged, but it's going to be a heck of a lot harder to get pickpocketed. Yeah, and we always put certain things in the same pockets. So my wallet is always in my left pocket, and my iPod is always in my right pocket. So I can do the kind of Aussie hacker to check that I've got everything. Well, uh, one more of these distraction stories, then. Um, one from the Middle East from uh, my co-author, Craig Bidois. He said he was uh, walking down the street with a friend of his and um, a woman came up and asked if he could change a large note for her. And he was, yep, sure, no worries, went to reach for his wallet when he, uh, when his friend stopped him and put his hand over Craig's hand to stop him getting his wallet out and told the woman that no, they weren't able to help and they moved on. Because what his friend had realised is... There was a car sitting on the uh, on the on the sidewalk on the road, uh, with its passenger door slightly open, uh-huh. ready for this woman to make a grab for the wallet, jump in the car, and go. So it was uh, it was a complete setup once again, and by being aware of what was happening around it, they were able to recognise it wasn't a legitimate uh, a legitimate request. Yeah, you've really got to be aware of what's going on in the background, eh? Yeah, definitely. Well, if you've got any uh, distraction robbery stories to share, come down at IndieTravelPodcast.com and in the uh, the Travel Safety Forum, we're going to be opening up a thread with uh, with some of these stories and we'd like you to add your own in so we can, you know, keep, keep people aware of what's happening, what new scams are coming up and uh, then hopefully people can avoid them. Yes. Well, let's move on to number two, which is the more traditional con artist. It's usually a long game, so it's uh, taking several minutes to even a few days and the game is to have you trust the criminal and then you find yourself in a place where you, you're obligated to pay up. So um, we've found several of these and yes. you've just got to remember that if you do get caught up in one of these scams, these people are really, really skilled they're very good actors and don't feel bad about it because lots of people we know have been conned this way. Yeah. It happened to us, I still feel stink about it but um, it's just one of those things, they're very, very intelligent but then again, you can avoid it by keeping your wits about you and, you know, trying to look for the clues that, that make you realise that this isn't actually legit. Mm. So one uh, we heard several times, which, well, I guess it's a it's an extension on, a, on an easier one. So let's start with the easier one. Someone on the street talks to you for a bit and asks you where you're from. And as soon as you say, you know, I'm from New Zealand... Then they'll reply with normally a capital city or a major city. Go, oh, are you from, yeah. for example, Wellington? And uh, you know, you you talk a little bit about the city. They'll have an almost encyclopedic knowledge yes. of uh, of many many cities. They know capitals. They know culture. They'll know <laughs> maybe local sports teams even. So you talk for a while about it, and they say, oh, my sister's about to move to another local city maybe your city maybe another large city nearby and um you know she's moving there to study nursing 
something like that. Something it's always that's, something nice. It's always something nice, yes. And uh, always something humanitarian. Yeah, you always feel really good about it. You're like, oh, that's great. <laughs> and then uh, they'll ask if you'd meet the sister. So this is a this is a, a traditional setup. And then from here, it can go several ways. One that's really popular in... Uh, now I'm trying to think where it was. Was it Ho Chi Minh City? I'm pretty sure it's Ho Chi Minh at the moment is... You get invited back to the place and you go have a meal and maybe an uncle or a grandfather or something like that will come downstairs because the sister's still at work. She's still at the hospital and she'll... Of course it's the hospital. Of course. And she'll be coming in a couple of hours to, to meet you. An older male figure will come down and invite you to learn a local card game. So you'll play, you'll play, you'll play and, you know, you'll somehow get good at it even if you're quite inept. And, uh, you know, start start gambling maybe for a few little bits of money. Yeah, not very much. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. But you'll keep winning. Yeah. And then uh, you'll get invited to a to another game that's just happening because... Yeah, just around the corner. Yeah. Um, if you claim you have no money, you'll be driven to an ATM to withdraw your money. And... Um, you know, and while you're on this this route to go and pick up money and then go to the card game, um, you'll start getting shadowed by people. So this is where it gets dangerous, of course, because the idea is you make a maximum withdrawal, you go to the card game, and maybe you gamble it all away, or if you don't, you get mugged on the way out. Yeah. So it's a uh, it's. Uh, I don't know. It's been really common. We've met three people that have been involved in it personally. Yeah. Um, two of one of them recognised very early on what was going on. One of them decided to see how far he could push it. Yeah. Um, and, and as he was being driven as, to the ATM, as he was driven to the ATM, he ran through several uh, several restaurants into other he streets. He did the classic and... movie getaway. <laughs> I know. <laughs> when I heard, heard that story, I was like, oh my goodness, did you really? And the third guy was um, someone we met in Ho Chi Minh City. Just We were just walking down. Uh, we were in the Holland Village in the middle of Ho Chi Minh City, just chatting to each other. I think we were doing a, a video for the, for the podcast. Yeah. And this Kiwi guy came up to us and goes, oh, you guys Kiwis. And we're like, yeah, he's like, oh, good, good. He just needed someone to talk to because he'd just, like, an hour before yeah. been ripped off in exactly this way. He hadn't yeah. lost that much, but I think it was about $100 or something. No, it was quite... No, I remember it being a it significant, significant amount because he was going to be traveling in Southeast Asia for just a couple of months. And yeah. it wasn't a whole lot of money, but I think it was like a quarter of his uh, his travel oh, budget. Really? Yeah, he was, he was, was quite lot. stuffed. Yeah, so he was telling us about it, and I think he just needed to get it off his chest, and I mean... <laughs> Sometimes talking about it really does help, but poor guy, it was so sad. Yeah, yeah. Well, another one with uh, with taxi drivers, you jump into a taxi and you're driving along and the taxi driver's engaging you in conversation as they want to do, and uh, they say, oh, I just need to pull over and get some flowers for my wife. Um, do you mind if birthday. we do that? It's it's her birthday. So you pull over, get the get the flowers and the guy's telling you how how little he makes and if he could just get 20 US dollars or 50 or 100 US dollars he'd be able to take the rest of the night off and spend it with his wife who he hardly ever sees and it's her birthday and so the idea here is to give some emotional pressure mm-hmm. to try and get you to to buy this guy off of his shift yeah um and it might work or it might not but i know someone who uh managed as the story went on and and was uh was convinced so he paid the guy extra money i think it was double the fare or uh-huh. you know 
Um, and then walked into the hotel. He realized that um, he'd walked into the wrong doorway in the hotel, so he had to go back out to the lobby and, you know, walk back around to another entrance. And he saw the uh, the crushed flowers lying on the ground. The taxi driver Aww. had literally just thrown them out the window and driven off. That's so sad. <laughs> So um, yeah, so that that's another another one. It's got some variations as well. So be yeah. careful of that. We were in uh, Peru recently, and the taxi driver said, "Oh, can we just stop here? I just need to talk to my." And we were thinking it was a scam. Yeah, he he needed to stop off and do something with us, and we were going, "What's going on?" But he, you know, he was gone for like four minutes, came back and out. And in Peru, the um, the taxis aren't done on a time system. You agree the fare beforehand, so. It was fine, but... Um, yeah, we were really nervous. It was really bad. <laughs> yeah. But it was okay. Yeah. Now, the worst one, the worst <laughs> one, because it happened to us, was when we were in Romania, we, we knew that it was a dodgy city, Bucharest, and we'd, we'd got off and we'd caught the, um, the bus from the, from the airport into the city centre. We were walking down the street and a guy approached us and was just chatting to us. Now, we were very, very obviously tourists. And we've learned from this experience not to look so touristy. We had patches in our bags and we were talking quite loudly in English. And it was, you know, basically shouting, look at me, I'm a tourist. Oh, we hadn't taken our um, our tags off the bag from being at the airport. Yeah. So just arrived. You just know, arrived, yep. Obvious tourists, with the, English speakers, yep. you know, target, 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 really dumb. So this guy approached us and he was speaking really good English. And he, he convinced us that there'd just been murders in our hotel. So two people had been killed in our in our hostel. Yeah. So we shouldn't go there. Now, I felt a little bit unsure about this. I was like, that's weird. We surely we would have heard about that, but you know. But we were convinced and he said, Okay And we were both exhausted. We were both exhausted, we're so just, we kinda of just we went with finished it. work on Friday and the plane left at like one o'clock on Saturday morning, so we were it was just one of those oh, difficult raw. transits. Tired, tired, tired. So I mean the perfect time for him to, to get us. Yeah. So he convinced us that we shouldn't go to our hotel, and that we should walk to the safe taxi place, which wasn't actually a safe taxi place. And he, at the time, he called up his accomplice, which was a taxi driver, uh, pretending that he was calling his wife, but he was speaking in Italian, I think, so we didn't understand. Um, and then we got in the car, and he managed to convince us that the, the currency of Romania, which had recently changed from being like 1,000 whatever it live is it to, yeah. to one so they're taken off all the zeros he managed to convince us that that wasn't true at all and um oh, i don't know how it just we were so tired anyway we ended up paying like 200 euros for a taxi ride and it was just so depressing and they said okay we're going to take you to the tourist center where you'll be safe and they just t- dropped us off in a, a random park we had to find our way back to the hostel so yeah, sad. it was. It so was yeah, tragic. We had enough money with us. We, we'd already changed money. We had the currency. And we'd already spent some of the money because we'd travelled by bus. So, But when I had done the um, currency conversion on XE.com, it had come up with the old currency, which was really weird. I was quite confused by that. Yeah. And so that didn't help at all. Yeah, there were a whole lot of factors where um, it's, you know, traditional con. The guy gains trust by talking about things you have in common and then proceeds to add an element of confusion over something very important. And in this case, it was the currency conversion, an element of fear, because uh, we were really unsure about the city anyway. We were really unsure about the, uh, all of the, the hostels we had seen advertised. Um, So we already had this element of fear that could be 
could be played off. We were exhausted, so we weren't thinking clearly. And, uh, yeah, it was just all too easy. Oh, I still feel bad about it. it. I mean, I shouldn't, because this guy was really, really smart, really intelligent, a really good actor. But it's just really depressing when you get ripped off like that. Well, remember that uh, we've got a, a thread running on the security travel safety forums on Indie Travel Podcast. So if you've heard about a scam or been involved in a scam, please come down and, and add that story onto the uh, onto the safety forums there so we can once again keep people educated and give people a chance to read about what's going on where and kind of what scams are hot right now in various yeah, places. Sure. So next, I guess, um, there are those complete idiots, nasty people, who take advantage of you when you're crossing a border. That's a very polite way of saying it. Oh. <laughs> I think it's one of the most vulnerable times yeah. when, you're, when you're crossing a land border because there's you're really at the... Right at their mercy. You're at their mercy, They've yeah. got so much power over you. And we're not talking about having to pay a bribe, you know, like what happened to us in Laos, where they take your passport, they stamp it, and they ask for some money, and they won't give you your passport back until you've paid it. We said, why? And they said, go away. Do you want your passport back? Basically. Yeah. Actually, they didn't say anything. They just put our passports to one side and wouldn't give it back to us until we'd paid. Complete, yep. complete corruption. Yep. But that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> yep. We're talking about the transport companies that pay, play dodgy games and the border controls with their own little games, this kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, one of the the most popular borders that has a lot of scams around it is the border between um, Thailand and Cambodia if you're going from Siam Reap to, uh, sorry, from Bangkok down to Siam Reap to Siang or Wat this one's replete with scams all run by the uh, the taxi companies and the minibus companies that offer to take you out, so the rule of thumb is, if you're travelling from Bangkok to Siam Reap Never book a trip that takes you all the way there. Um, book a taxi or a minibus to the border and get through by yourself. And then on the other side, you can pick up another vehicle. Because um, here's what happens. You jump in a, in a minibus or sometimes in some other type of vehicle. You get driven out to the border and you go through passport control where you have to pay an additional fee, which has just been introduced. Um, well, that's right. They stop you, you a little bit before the border, and they tell you that you've got to pay the additional fee. So you're not actually paying the border guards. That's right. You're paying it to the bus, bus driver, who will pay it for you. It's very oh, nice of him. Sometimes. And there's also these um, these little offices that are set up to look like passport control. Yes. But they're actually 20 minutes away from yes, passport right. control. Mm. So you might go in and, and go through something that looks very much like a passport check. Um, but it's not actually the real one. It's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's all sorts of, of scams like that where people will, will drop you off at the wrong place or... Um, it, I mean, it's quite normal for bus drive. well, not bus drivers, normally the bus driver's helper, to collect people's passports to take them through easy, just one-stamp border controls. But in this case, heading in that direction, we've heard of so many scams and so much money going missing. We travelled the other way and, and recently published a post on it, actually, about going from Siam Reap to Bangkok, and that way seems fine. Yeah, we didn't have any there's, trouble at all. There's no problems. The only problem was being dropped off in the middle of nowhere in Bangkok. Usually in the other way, in the other direction, if you're travelling by minibus, they'll take you to a hostel or a hotel that's that's paying for them 
for the, the travel service to drop you there and you're expected to stay at this hostel or hotel. Um, in Bangkok it was quite the opposite. We didn't get dropped anywhere. We got dropped in the middle of nowhere. There were a lot of tuk-tuk drivers who seemed <laughs> quite keen for our custom but yep. we decided not to because, you know, when you show up in a place quite often... The, the transport companies will charge you double or triple because you don't know what the right price is. So, yeah, that's another thing to be aware of. Yeah. Now, I still haven't had a chance to get on Skype with any of our friends who did the Mongol rally with me without, well, not without internet, but with very slow and very infrequent access to internet for the last couple of weeks. But um, if I remember rightly, I might have the story wrong, but they apparently were waved through one of the borders mm, that's what I heard. when they were traveling through um, Central Asia, through one of the stands, they got waved through the border, so they kept going. And they thought, that's awesome, great, we don't have to stop and you know go yep. through all this rigmarole. Yep, and then um, about five minutes later, the military police were on their tail and caught them up and made them pay uh, a large fine because they didn't have their passport stamps. Yeah. Now, these are the same, the same guys that control the borders, that yeah. wave them through that then went and caught them. So it's uh, it's obviously a game. It's obviously a little a little scam they've got cooked up there, and it seems very efficient. Yeah, well, I mean, so, if you're wanting a, a large income, that's the way to go about yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think the main thing to think about with scams is just keep your wits about you, do your research, be aware of what scams there are, and just stay calm. Mm. <laughs> stay calm and always have your towel. Thanks, Greg. You're welcome. If you've got a border crossing story that should be shared, make sure you come to the forums at IndieTravelPodcast.com and uh, share with us, because we'd really like to know. Uh, scams really aren't old, that's for sure. Um, while walking the Camino de Santiago a few years ago, um, we were reading some of the guidebooks and things like that, and uh, one of the first guidebooks that's been found in English was actually about the Camino de Santiago. So we've read a story about one village where the the water was poisoned. The water from the local spring was was off. And uh, travellers would come into town, they'd lead their horses up to the, to the spring and get them to drink, and the horses would drop dead. And so all of the locals were then out there complaining that the horse was blocking the road and they needed to uh to pay a fine to uh to have the horse removed and then so you know so they were winning both ways because they were forcing the poor travelers to pay for their dead horse yeah then they were able to you know use the horse for for meat glue whatever industries they had going on and then they got to sell the traveler a new horse yeah. So, um, it's very, very good scam. A very good scam. But and, and the traveller that... had to stay there for the night, probably. Yeah. So extra money coming to the economy. <laughs> yeah. So, this is a scam that was running over 500 years ago and uh, quite successfully, too. So, I'm, I suppose the point is it's just nothing new. <laughs> yeah. Scams have been running for a long time, and there's always someone who's willing to kind of trick you out of your money. Yeah, well, there is, uh, there is a rather novel approach that I've heard about recently called virtual kidnapping. A virtual kidnapping isn't actually a kidnapping. And no one quite, gets kidnapped. Quite often, the uh, the so-called hostage doesn't actually know they've been kidnapped, but their business or their uh, their family certainly do. So this is something that we've heard about happening to business people, especially targeting the the hotels around, um, well, the business hotels and the uh, the bars around the business area. So you'll meet a, a lovely lady or a nice guy who'll talk to you at the bar and at some point you'll hand over your your business card with 
you know, all the contact details yeah, on it. Your phone number, your email address, yep. etc. This will get palmed and handed off to someone else, who will then go and uh, make a phone call to your associate <laughs> to back your, home, yes, using the right. details on your business card. Yep, and uh, often, you know, a very a very quick, a very um, kind of high stress, yeah, convincing hosting, hostage situation will take place. They'll often have. Um, clips of maybe children crying in the background or someone screaming or something like that while they put on pressure for a very very quick money transfer and during this the the hostage is just having a nice conversation and a drink with a lovely lady in a bar yeah so no stress for that person but yep. heaps of stress for their associates that's right and uh you know if you were able to make a phone call to the person who is being held hostage they'd pick it up and and be quite happy because you know they're just having a drink with locals in the bar yeah so um yeah so virtual kidnapping something new we certainly haven't heard about backpackers being being picked up on it yet but i have heard about one person who had a virtual kidnapping oh yeah yeah it was through facebook so um someone hacked into their facebook account and sent an email to their parents saying, "Mum, mum, I've I've lost some money. I've I've got no money. I, you know, I'm I'm really in trouble. Please send me some money." Yeah. And um. To and so, to, to, to the parents, I think it was. Yeah, to the parents, and where was where were they to send the money? Obviously uh, not to, to another account. account. Yeah, they yeah. said, "Oh, it's really difficult. It's really you know." And um, so the parents were really stressed. I think the parents were in New Zealand actually. They used Facebook and email to contact the parents and to really convince them that. Um, their life was in danger or they were, they were really sick or whatever it was. And so the parents were just about to transfer the money when the kid came online and, and sent them another email, you know, and they'd just been doing a tour through Thailand and hadn't, hadn't been online for a while. But someone had, like, looked over their shoulder while they were entering an internet cafe, got all their, all the, all their details and managed to, um, to send this email to the parents. Mm. So I suppose in this situation, I was thinking about this the other day, if you... Um, have a contact back home and you are traveling and you know this is the person that you would ask for help if you're in a difficult situation i suggest you have a, a code word that if you're sending a real genuine email to ask for help you use that code word so that they know it's really you because sometimes you can't trust emails from you know from the account from your own email account yeah so that's yeah, that's, that's one way to avoid idea. that not a bad idea at all well that just about rounds up uh our, our topic for today. I hope you do come down to the Indie Travel Podcast forums and add in your stories, your experiences, and, and we can really grow that into a good resource. Um, on the side at the moment, the Community Wisdoms, we have our notes on Rio de Janeiro uh, to Fox Tuguasu by bus. Uh, we are looking for advice on websites for last-minute travel discounts. Uh, we've got lastminute.com there. If you know of some others, then please uh, please come by. Some people are asking questions about working as you travel, so the work-travel balance. That's a good discussion, so you should definitely get involved on that one. And if you've got any advice on the Everest Base Camp trek, um, someone's looking to do it in December next year, so they're just in their very early planning stages, um, please come and come and let us know if you've worked with a good company or you've got some good advice. Yeah, so make sure you come to anytravelpodcast.com slash forum and uh, ask questions, answer questions, just get involved in the discussion. Yeah, and grab your free account at indietravelpodcast.com slash community. So you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay travelling by booking through us. Visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights, slash hostels, slash tours, and slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. And there's also travel deals updating every day at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash deals. 
and we've got a library of books to share at indietravelpodcast.com slash books so uh, come and check them out that travel safety book will be out before the end of the year and don't forget about the podcast awards the nominations for the 7th annual podcast awards are open right now and we would really like you to nominate us so if you could go to podcastawards.com put Indie Travel Podcast at and indietravelpodcast.com in the travel section fill out your details and press submit we would be very grateful. Yeah, and if you're listening to this in uh, October 2011, then uh, please come and vote for us. Hopefully, we'll have been <laughs> nominated and you'll see us in the options for travel, along with a uh, whole lot of other great shows. So if you're looking for new podcasts, it's actually a really good place to, to come and check out. Well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.